Welcome to the Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Today our topic is, go- we're going to go into a bit more nitty-gritty detail of the genetics of uh, colorectal cancers, mm. aren't we? Yeah. Uh, focusing mainly on two, uh, two types. One is the familial adenomatous polyposis, and another one is the hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancers. <laughs> it's a mouthful. HNPCCs. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, so this sort of follows on from our familial neoplasia talk, where we kind of alluded to some of the genes that are important. But mm. now we want to explore this a little bit more before we go into colorectal cancer, because this is so intimately linked to what we're about to talk about. Mm. Um, this, I don't think, is going to be a very long podcast. We're just going to give you a bit of an intro um, into colorectal cancers. Yeah, hopefully we'll keep it short. Sharp and uh, yep, absolutely. So let's talk about familial um, adenomatous polyposis. Um, mm. So what is it all about, Andy? So it is once again, it's an accumulation of mutations, and we're mm. going to go through the details of what exactly happens, right? Yeah. So it's a mutation in the ade- uh, sorry, adenomatous polyposis coli, so APC gene, yep. located on chromosome five Q twenty one. That's right. Yeah. Um, so this is one of those things where we yep. kind of mentioned that you know we talked about the idea of penetrance in our previous podcast on familial neoplasia mm-hmm. this is one of those genes where you can have complete penetrance so what's ab- complete penetrance so that means that it's going to show up in your in the person that's affected yep. um you know so the phenotypic expression of the proteins mm-hmm. or lack thereof is going to be evident in in these patients um, mm-hmm. um from an early on in, in sort of their life mm-hmm. um the manifestations that complete manifestation is going to be very evident in terms of the colon but you can also this gene is associated with extracolonic um, manifestations okay the penetrance in that in the extracolonic domain is less okay but it still can be present and we'll talk about what we mean by extracolonic versus clonic manifestations so people with this apc uh so it's it's almost guaranteed that they're going to have colonic problems but whether if it yeah. spreads elsewhere is less whether it's evident it's, elsewhere is okay. less obvious yeah but okay. we'll talk about some of those problems in a moment uh, so it's an autodominant autosomal dominant uh, inheritance yes it is yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly right yeah um and the interesting thing is about 25 percent of patients who are found to have this uh or have been diagnosed with familial adenomatous polyposis actually don't have a germline mutation it's okay. de novo so it's just come out of the blue this is a brand new mutation and it's really interesting so keep that in mind de novo yeah, a yeah. very small percentage of... Uh, we mentioned that this could be a part of a familial disorder, but a yeah. very small percentage could actually be de novo, so out of the blue, so a somatic so mutation. So the first in the family. Yeah, yep. the first in the family. Exactly right. Interesting. Um, but again, the second hit model applies where if you've got a hereditary form, you yeah. have it in your germline, and then something happens in your development, and that yep. the second hit occurs, and that takes mm. out the two genes. Okay. And now you're starting to be at an increased risk of this cancerous disorder. Cool. What, so what exactly happens? I was going to ask you that question. Do, do you want to maybe go through what happens? Okay, fine. I'll go through it. So, <laughs> don't, don't sound too enthusiastic. No, no. Very keen. Okay, so as you mentioned before, so the initial... So the initial germline mutation is the APC uh, yeah. is on the APC uh, gene mm-hmm. at at um, chromosome five. Yeah, and then later on, what you do is you develop a, a mutation on the beta beta catenin. Is that correct? Yeah, beta catenin. Yep. Yeah. So it, no, no, you don't develop a mutation on the beta catenin. And catenin. What happens is that APC regulates the amount of beta catenin that's available in the cytoplasm. Huh. Okay. And so if you get 
APC going, APC mutations that lead to <clears throat> its dysfunction, mm-hmm. then you're going to build, going to get a buildup of beta catenin, and beta catenin goes into the nucleus, and that's what starts affecting all the transcription and, and causes ah, quite a lot of problems in it. terms of gene expression. So that's my understanding. Is that similar to what you thought? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what happens when then once you start proliferating and having all these mutations? Well, once they once they proliferate and start having these mutations, the um, you can start developing the the polyps. Mm. Isn't that mm. correct? But yeah. um, so, w- what exactly? Which mutations exactly are happening? There's a couple. So once you get the APC mutation, um, and and then you start the cells are starting to proliferate in an unregulated manner, then you're going to start developing more and more mutations. So, an example of a mutation would be in the KRAS mutation, mm-hmm. which is a um, uh, which is a proto-oncogene. And then then further mutations can occur as well because now the cells are rapidly dividing. Mm. And now you're starting to see these sort of polyps. We'll talk about what polyps are um, when, when we talk about colorectal cancer in its complete entirety. Mm. But then you develop more and more mutations. So you develop P53 mutations. Um, and you develop SAMD2 and 4 mutations. They're not... So it's, it's important to appreciate the concepts. I, I don't... I'm not going to advocate memorizing all the various mutations because I think some of them might be quite random as well, depending sure. on what cell lines are affected. Yeah. But the whole point is you develop one mutation, cells mm-hmm. divide rapidly, more mutations, then more mutations, and then you have the full-blown invasive carcinoma. That, well, that is what we're really worried about. Yes. Um, so is that your understanding? Definitely. So it's just the um, it's an accumulation of, mm. of different mutations later on yeah. that, that lead to this condition. So what are some of the clinical features, Andy? So with um, FAP or with FAP, you, if you if you look at the um, the section of the um, the intestine, you you will see hundreds to thousands of these uh, colorectal adenomas, and these present usually by the age of twenty. Yeah. So it's it's it looks quite horrendous, mm. and um, so that's within the colon, but. If you look outside the colon, you can have um, you can develop these extracolonic manifestations such as carcinoma in the small bowel. Um, you can have problems with the bile duct, so carcinomas there. Um, also mm. in the pancreas, stomach, yeah. thyroid, adrenal glands, and and yeah, I mentioned the small bowel already. Yeah, I can. What's mm. interesting uh, in this sort of clinical extracolonic manifestation is that duodenal adenomas can occur between forty to ninety percent of patients, mm-hmm. and these guys have a four to Four percent chance, or roughly, of um, having full-blown duodenal ca- cancers. Okay. Um, and another interesting point about the FAB syndrome is the fact that in about two-thirds of patients, they can have congenital hypertrophy of the retinal pigment. Okay. Um, and that can be very sensitive sort of diagnostic approach if you see this then you can suspect Ah. that these patients probably have fap yes um and i think did you mention that essentially by the time patients are around 40 they can have a hundred percent risk of cancer or a very very high risk of um, colon cancer no i didn't mention that yeah Yeah. so the lifetime risk is almost 100 percent, and that's why we worry so much about this condition because of, of this whole risk of cancer i guess like maybe one of the reasons is just because you've this this condition leads you to develop a lot of polyps and each polyp is a a chance of developing cancer Mm. and so if you have hundreds to thousands of them then the chances are very high yeah absolutely yeah all right do you want to add anything else before we move on to our other syndrome no no let's go on to let's go on to the next one yeah so the next syndrome we're going to talk about is called lynch syndrome or Mm. also you might have come across in your readings as hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancers yeah um we kind of mentioned that in a familial neoplasial talk Mm. but it's a mutation or it affects the dna mismatch repair genes yes 
the three that are I think important to know is that MS uh, Miss MSH two MSH six and L MLH one are really important to okay. be familiar so with. These three, yeah? um, and they result from microsatellite instabilities of the genome. We mentioned microsatellite instability in our previous talk, but now I think we're going to talk a little bit more about what that actually means. Mm. Um, and again, like we mentioned, once you have these mutations, then you're going to develop subsequent mutations, just like the case in FAB, mm-hmm. and then you're going to start developing the cancers. Um, do you want to talk about what the whole idea of microsatellite um, instability or what a microsatellite is? So from my understanding with what a microsatellite is, is that there are segments of the DNA that are usually present. And what you do is that you look at these and they're, they're scattered throughout throughout the DNA. Mm. And you, you look at whether if these guys are... Um, an instable microsatellite just means that uh, DNA mutations are... These satellite regions are constant... Uh, keep on changing and they're not very constant yeah um usually this shouldn't occur because dna mutations i don't i don't think occur occur at such a high rate Mm. um because these guys don't have mismatch repair genes yeah exactly so they are they're a sign of something wrong with the mismatch repair Mm. genes and um usually these can these mutations can be either silent or they could be um most are silent i think because they occur in non-coding regions yeah yeah, because yeah, as as you said, because the microsatellite regions are they they're scattered throughout the DNA and like with they can be present in the non-coding region. So mm-hmm. let's say if a mutation does occur, the non-coding region doesn't really produce anything. Yeah. So so they they would be uh, a silent thing. But they can also occur in coding or promoter regions, which then will lead to mm-hmm. I guess the consequence uh, consequential yeah. damage yeah, exactly. later on. That's exactly, and that's what we worry about. So a small percentage of these microsatellites actually are in the promoter regions and also in the um, or in the actual genetic genes themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we get really concerned is that if it occurs there, that's when things get really messy. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common genes that then may be affected due to subsequent mutations? Are you talking about genes such as the BAX yep. or BRAF? Yeah. But I'm, I'm not too quite sure about what, what exactly they were. Um, so... These are also obviously regulatory genes that are either important for regulating growth or differentiation or apoptosis. And so without them, due to accumulation of these further mutations that then start affecting these genes, then the condition can uh, start progressing into a more invasive form, so becoming cancerous. Mm -hmm. So the whole point is you're going to have these instabilities, and then these lead to further mutations, and these mutations can affect, let's say, um, BRAF or BAX or um, other regulatory genes, and then that can then lead to full-on carcinomas. Okay. Um, I see. Is there anything else you want to add in Um, terms of the microsatellite instability concepts? No, so just trying to still get my head around it. So it's essentially these regions that... These these unstable regions lead on to... uh, So because of the... The regions are a a sign of a lack of repair in, in the cell... And so that leads on to further potential mutations, and then that leads to the actual cancer. Exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yep. So what are some of the clinical features then? Okay. Um, so I guess like when, when the person starts developing, like the syn- when the syndrome starts appearing, it could either appear on the left or the right side mm. of the colon. And so depending on the side of the colon, um, they could be different um, clinical features exactly but i think commonly um, with um, hereditary non-polyposis it occurs on the right hand side there's a tendency for it. i'm not exactly sure why that okay. happens but you tend to see it on the right hand side interesting 
Okay. As well, and the, you can develop the sort of um, synchronous or metasynchronous cancers. Do you want to maybe explain what, what Actually, you mean I, by I that? I don't quite get the metasynchronous and synchronous. What is what is that? Okay, so synchronous refers to the fact that you can have two histologically distinct colorectal carcinomas. Okay, that means that, and that kind of makes sense because in these cancers, remember, we can have develop these guys can develop in uh, any region of their colon. Okay, and these developments can be a bit independent of each other. Sure, and so. And the subsequent mutations can that can develop will not necessarily be the same on that on one side of the colon that is affected versus another side of the colon, and so they can have different sort of histology because the um, the mutations are different. That's my understanding. Okay, so two separate entities popping up at the same. time. Yeah, two separate. Yeah. And remember yeah. how we mentioned in patients mm. with familial cancer that can have multiple primary tumors. Mm, that's true. And I guess that goes back to the metacronus concept where. These guys can have multiple primary tumors occurring in the colon. Okay. So it's not like the uh, the cancer has metastasized to a portion of the colon. Mm-hmm. These guys can have multiple primaries in their colon. Mm. And so that's what we mean by uh, metachronous. So okay. synchronous means you can have two or more histologically distinct types of yeah. carcinomas evident. Yeah. And metachronous means that you can have multiple primaries um, present oh, okay. as well. Sure. So how many types of um uh, hnpcc can mm. you have there i think there are there two are multiple types, types. Yeah. yeah two types and it depends on um uh so the with the hnpcc one type it's it's hereditary and it can be site specific um it can be a site specific colon cancer mm. whereas the hnpcc2 um is part of a cancer family syndrome so it, it has a high rate of extra colonic tumors yep. compared to the hmpcc1 yeah which um could present in either the endometrium the ovaries uh hepatobiliary tracts mm. or the gall- near the gallbladder regions yeah and also small bowel as well kind of like the fap where you can have extra colonic manifestations as well mm-hmm. what's this thing about the three um three two one rule for diagnosis well, I think it's just referring to the number of family members, generations, and the age yeah. that, that presents, right? So it's, it could be three family members affected in two generations and one under the age of, um, yeah, one person under the age of 50. So yeah. it's, it's just more talking about like the, a, a characteristic mm-hmm. of, of this disease and when you're taking a family yeah. history, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And then as we mentioned in our previous podcast, you can um, uh, perform genetic testing for it. Um, you can also perform immunohistochemistry staining as well because the enzymes may not be expressed inside the cell. So you yep. can stain to see whether it's present. Mm-hmm. Um, should we leave it at that for, for the genetic? And then we can talk about, start the actual mm. colon cancer talk in our next episode. Why not? Um, is there anything else you want to add before we finish off? No. Well, once again, we can just do a quick summary. So we talked about FAP and um, and uh, HNPCC, and we mentioned uh, the mechanisms of how both of these yep. could occur, the genetic components. Mm. Mainly it's an accumulation of damage, once again, um, to the genetic regions. And, yep. and um, exactly why it presents differs slightly between yep. each, each condition. Exactly right. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you have any feedback or suggestions or comments, um, be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, And join us in our next episode where we dive deep into the whole concept of polarizable cancer.